0: Welcome to the MarTech
1: Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about B2B marketing as it exists in 2022. Joining us is Michael McLaren, who is the global CEO of Merkle B2B, which is a data-driven customer experience management company purpose-built to help companies succeed in today's dynamic B2B environment. With over a 1,000 hardworking individuals across the globe, Merkle B2B brings together the most effective B2B capabilities and competencies to architect modern-day customer experiences. Yesterday, Michael and I talked about the rise of the millennial B2B decision-maker, and today we're going to continue the conversation talking about the evolution of B2B customer experiences. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Michael McLaren, the global CEO of Merkle B2B. Michael, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks very much, Ben. It's great to be here. Excited to continue our conversation. Yesterday, we talked about, you know, there's a new sheriff in town. He's a millennial. (laughs) He's actually moved out of mom and dad's house. He or she, they, if you will. And that maybe even married, has kids. We're like old folk now, and we're actually getting some respect at work with making some decisions. And that's changing how people are thinking about how to do their B2B marketing. Yesterday, you mentioned millennial B2B decision makers generally are mobile first. They're very digital marketing centric, but also they could be very purpose driven, care about not only what they're buying, but who they're buying it from. Talk to me a little bit about the evolution of the B2B customer experience. How has the change in the buyer changed how we think about marketing B2B products and services?
2: We've been seeing a pretty profound transformation in the B2B customer experience, which has been fueled by a number of vectors. First of all, the technology landscape has changed fundamentally. The advent of the cloud, the growing capabilities of the connected marketing clouds, And the ability to thread data and identity through the digital experience has opened up a wealth of opportunities. And honestly, in many cases, is being driven by customer expectations. So let me just walk through a little bit. First of all, customers expect you to recognize them (laughs) when you engage with them. If you are an existing customer, there's nothing worse than being treated as an anonymous, unknown individual. So that requires the organization to recognize them, to apply some insight from the data that they have on them, and then to build a experience for them that's as relevant as it possibly can be based on what we know. So the key mandates of today's customer experience, is it relevant? Is it valuable? You know, Is it something that is of value and that will elicit an engagement from the customer what we value, what are typically what a B2B business values from a customer first is their name, their address, their details, their role. So in return for that information, what are you offering in return? And the key other dynamic is connected. As a buyer or prospective buyer moves through the brand's digital ecosystem, are they having a connected experience? Are they moving from an email exchange to a dot-com experience to a Commerce transaction engine in a seamless way, a connected way, where their data is flowing with them. And are they getting served content and experiencing brand experiences that are relevant to them in their role and what they're looking to do?
1: So, there's a couple different components that you mentioned. One, that there is the expectation that a brand knows who you are and what your experience has been. And because of that, there is not only a need for data to flow through multiple platforms, but also to be weaved across platforms. You mentioned some of the marketing clouds. So it's not enough for me to go to, I don't know, let me give an example of somebody who I think does a good job of weaving there. Uh, You know who does a nice job? GoDaddy, right? I can go to GoDaddy.com. I could sign in. And then I say, I've got a customer service problem. I can call them. Not only are they verifying who I am with some credentials that I'm getting from the website, but they're able to pull up all of the information that you have, what your customer experience is, and provide relatively seamless real time customer service. To me, like that's sort of the sweet spot and expectations of the product experience. So, you know, the customer experience is weaved between not only multiple platforms, but also moving that data off platform. Right, how do I integrate my website uh, using GoDaddy as the example with WordPress or what other platform I'm using? When you think about sort of this proliferation of data, the sort of syndication of data, there's also got to be some concerns about privacy, about safety protections. You know, are we seeing the B2B customer experience experience changing in terms of how the data is being used, manipulated, and shared?
2: definitely. I was actually just going to clarify one thing that I was outlining in that experience. It's like an existing customer, that's their expectation, that they're treated as a known player. And the assumption in my scenario is that they've opted in to have an engagement with the brand. But there's also the unknown individual who comes to your website from a piece of promotional content or from something that they've clicked on. So clearly, one of the first hurdles is the privacy question and how do we encourage them to opt into an engagement with us? So GDPR and the CCPA have provided, I think, some good guide rails on doing that. So from the time that they first started engaging with our content, they're exhibiting certain digital body language. They're looking at content. They're dwelling on certain pages. They're scouring certain information. And that information can be applied to what are they interested in? What kind of Thing would be valuable to them? What location, what area are they in? So what we can do is we can start creating more customized, personalized content at a very early stage in the engagement. And the more relevant that experience is, then the more willing from the research the customer or prospective customer is to provide the information. They're going to be looking for the gated content. They're going to be willing to provide their email because they see something that's valuable to them.
1: It's more of, I don't know, the notion of the micro transaction, right? The B2B buyer understanding that most of the time, it's a longer sales cycle. So the first goal of B2B marketing is to understand who the customer is, to be able to get some sort of user information, build that relationship, show some value, and bring them along slowly. Have you seen there be changes in the customer life cycle? Are we seeing with this new sort of strategy of digital-centric B2B marketing, that lengthening the customer cycle? Is it shortening it?
2: No, I think that, I mean, it varies by vertical industry. So I don't want to sort of just give a blanket answer, but in general, the classic funnel from the broad level awareness to the engagement, to the verification, all the steps that they go through, that whole process has become much more dynamic, much more organic. So you can move now from completely unaware to purchase in two clicks, in many cases. And buyers do do that. I mean, it all depends on what's the level of risk associated with the purchase they're making. If they're buying paper clips, they're going to have a different threshold of risk as if they're buying aircraft parts for their fleet. So depending on what the decision, what the sort of product they're looking or the service they're looking to acquire, you can see that in general, the purchase process has collapsed and is much shorter now. But it's still, there's a lengthy consideration process for large-scale purchase decisions. Absolutely.
1: Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost effective. Request a demo at Mutinex.co. That's M U T I N E X.co. There's also more saturation in terms of the amount of marketing that the B2B buyer is faced with. I had a conversation with somebody from Edelman talking about if there is or isn't too much thought leadership. And the idea is it's not really thought leadership if everybody is doing it. And it seems to be you know, thought leadership is now very much a marketing strategy. Everyone has their perspectives. We're all pushing our content out into the ether. And it's often not a question of, can you create content that is valuable to your users? Can you get it in front of them and capture their attention? When you think about the attention spans and sort of the way that we're engaging with the content, you know, what's the impact of it still being difficult, but maybe not as challenging to understand who the customer is, but also keeping their attention? How hard is that these days?
2: I think it's a key dynamic. I think it comes back to the word I used at the beginning, which is relevance. The goal, the kind of holy grail is to try to engage a customer ideally in a two-way exchange, in a highly relevant environment. That's the best way to keep their attention and keep them engaged. So it's one of the reasons why tactics such as account-based marketing are such an important part of a B2B marketer's playbook, because you're focusing your storytelling and your engagement on those accounts that the story of what you're trying to sell is most relevant to. You're trying to use all the tools at your disposal to narrow the list of prospects to those accounts that are going to find your story most compelling and most relevant. So I think that's the secret. If you look at the classic corporate website, you can see these dead spots of content that have never been looked at, (laughs) or they've been looked at once in three years. And those sort of very static publishing platforms are a thing of the past. Increasingly, you want a very dynamic experience that's almost getting conformed on the fly. And this is why the big software stacks are so important because they enable you to do that. You know, you can actually create a web experience from a component-based model that could magically conforms based on what we know about that prospect or that customer. That's the way you keep them engaged. You're serving them content or you're serving them authors that are based on things that they're interested in.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. The amount of personalization that has to go into B2B marketing now makes me think that there's a tremendous amount of overlap between B2B and B2C marketing, right? Understanding it used to be I know that you're a male that wears extra large size pants and prefers khakis over jeans. So I'm going to merchandise those products towards you. And now you go on to an e-commerce website and you have to have the same sort of mechanism built in. I know that you're built into you know, the Salesforce cloud. So here's all the software that's compatible with your marketing and sales efforts. Do you see more overlap between how B2B and B2C marketing is happening?
2: I definitely do. We often talk about this phenomenon. We call it the consumerization of B2B. First of all, as a customer, I I have a certain set of expectations that have been growing pretty significantly, and they've been informed by my experiences as a consumer. And the category that I often refer to is Uber or Lyft, that has completely transformed transportation so that as a customer, I can know exactly how much it's going to cost me, I know exactly when it's going to be there. I know exactly the route that either I choose to take or the route we're going to follow. So that kind of transport experience has now been completely transformed. And customers bring those sort of really exquisite expectations to the table when they're dealing with B2B brands. So there's that component, but then there's also the behavioral piece, which is if I see something I like and I'm satisfied with what I'm picking up on, I will move through to transaction. I will buy And increasingly, a B2B business is able to push their digital engagements through to transaction in a very seamless manner. And that behavior has come from the consumerization of B2B because that was really not a behavior that existed 10 plus years ago.
1: Yeah, it's interesting to think about how the more we digitize, the more the difference between B2B and B2C is basically getting blended So if we're talking about the future of B2B marketing being similar or blending in with B2C marketing, talk to me about how the usage of data is changing and what are some of the smart ways marketers are taking advantage of data to do a better job of B2B marketing?
2: Well, I mean, there's obviously the application of data where you've got a first-party data record you do an identity match through Adobe or through Salesforce and you use those platforms to connect the dots and expand the engagement with the customers. So that's a fairly obvious one, but the smart application of first-party data and the connection in a safe harbor with some of the other platforms is a place that we're seeing a lot of lift. But the other place is third-party data where we're able to build supersets. So you take, for example, your highest potential customer, a high profitability customer profile. You're looking at it from a data-centric point of view, and then you go out into third-party data sources and you match that profile with other look-alike type of profiles that exist. And then you go and market to that group based on known behaviors with your existing customers that you're projecting into a much larger data set that you're sort of acquiring through a third-party data vendor. That approach... Is also something that's being explored very aggressively by B2B marketers. And then the last phase is targeting, where you're using third party data to enhance your targeting, either in paid media, online, so that you're sort of trying to target the folks that are most likely to be high potential audiences for you.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting as we get towards the next iteration of whatever privacy regulations we're going to have, the GDPR, CCPA type regulations, obviously there's going to be more restrictions on what access to third party data marketers have. We're seeing Google basically kill the third party cookie, but we're also seeing more of a reliance on that type of data in B2B. It's going to be interesting to see what happens next. Michael, I appreciate you coming on the show and telling us a little bit about the changes of the B2B customer experience. Thanks for being my guest.
2: Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Ben.
1: All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Michael McLaren, the global CEO of Merkle B2B for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Michael, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Michael J. McLaren. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L, the letter J, and then McLaren, M-C-L-A-R-E-N. Or you could visit his company's website, which is MerkleInc.com slash B2B. That's merklein ccom slash B, the number two, the letter B.